0: Good morning everyone today's reading is from Micah 6 verses 6 to 8 listen oh sorry with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God shall I come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams with 10,000 rivers of olive oil shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you—to act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And now the mask caught on my microphone. <laughs> Peter can you help me? (laughs) I'm stuck. Oh got it. Thanks Peter. (laughs) Very professional. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks again everyone. Thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak this morning. It's always an absolute privilege uh, to, so I'm just going to move this. Um, it's always a privilege to share God's Word Um, and again, first service back after three or four months uh, doubly honoured a little bit more about myself, I'm married Uh, in fact we're celebrating our 30 year anniversary this week so uh, that's something to celebrate Um, and uh, three boys uh, 24, 22 and 16 Um, so you can pray for me, um, <laughs> navigating that. Um, it's great to see a few familiar faces from Peter's Bible study, which I attend uh, when I can when I'm up this way, which is always fantastic. Um, and it's great to be able to uh, meet some new people, new faces and uh, celebrate God together. So, uh, as I said before, I'm from WorldShare. Uh, shared a little bit about it I'm going to tie in a bit of what we do uh, with this message but our purpose as an organization is to see lives transform and hope restored um, to, through education health uh, and preaching the gospel to the most marginalized, the poorest people and that's why we're in the countries that we work in. Even though I mentioned Cambodia this morning I'm going to show you a little bit of stuff from the DRC. Uh, Democratic Republic of Congo and, uh, and what we're doing there. So uh, because I'm sharing the word of God, I know this message I have for you today has the ability to transform the way you live your Christian life. That's why we're here, to hear God's word, to be inspired, to be challenged, to be encouraged, to go out and live the gospel. Is that right? And so it has the power to do that. For, for that to happen, I need a commitment from you. Rather than just listen to what I've got to say, and I've pastored a church for 20 years, I know it's very easy, and I've been to a lot of church services, it's very easy to just hear, leave, but never having heard. And so I want to encourage you this morning, I want a commitment from you to not just hear what I'm saying, but to actively engage in God's word, and to ask God, what are you saying to me today? So that as we all leave today, we're going to leave changed, we're going to leave inspired, We're going to leave different than the way we walked in because that's the purpose of the word of God. Uh, So do I have that commitment from you today? Great. Uh, I'm just going to show you the first slide here. So this person you see on the screen right now, standing up at the back there, his name's Shabani. Shabani's a 10-year-old who lives with his grandmother on the outskirts of Goma in the DRC. Uh, in 2019, as an eight-year-old, Shabani was standing outside his home playing in the front yard when a bunch of older kids came past uh, and asked him to give, him, give them his lunch and the few toys that he was playing with. When he refused, they grabbed him, poured petrol on him and set him on fire and then left him to burn. This second... Th- a uh, photo that I want to show you right now. This is Serge Kishala. Serge was five years old when his, him and his, sis, and his uh, siblings were orphaned when his mother and his father were both killed. Uh, DRC is a very dangerous um, area, lots of rebels. And so at the five, years, uh, five years of age, they were orphaned, uh, they begged for food, they outed, ate out of rubbish bins and eventually for survival joined a street gang of other orphans. Um, to be able to survive Um, so just two lives right there that I want to share a little bit about as the message goes on we read from Micah this morning about what does God really want from me and it's a good question for us to ask ourselves people have been asking that question since time began they asked it of Jesus didn't they what does God really want from me and my life 800 years before Jesus they were asking the same question in Micah's day, This is Micah the prophet is where that scripture came from people have always asked that question what does God really expect from me, what does God want from me um, it's hard to believe that the days of Micah, 800 years before Jesus were days that are actually that were pretty similar to our own uh, I mean they didn't have mobile phones <laughs> but Leslie Allen's commentary on the book of Micah, he he says this, it was a time of economic revolution for Israel, bringing with it material prosperity. This encouraged the rise of selfish materialism, a complacent approach to religion, and with it the disintegration of personal and social values. The The commands outlined in the law to do with social responsibility were shrugged off as everyone scrambled for more. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds very familiar. So what was going on? Number one, let me summarise. Religion had become just a matter of form, a matter of duty, just, just going through the motions. No real heart, no real engagement, just happening. Those who were most needed or those in most need were ignored and neglected uh, despite the general prosperity that was going on in the in the... In the day, and third, the people believe that as long as they perform the external acts of worship, which we read about when they were saying, well, what do you want us to do? Give this offering, give that offering, maybe do this, maybe do that. Um, The people believe that as long as they perform the external acts of worship, whether it be going to church or observing the Sabbath or or giving a tithe or whatever, as long as they did that, they are entitled to the divine favour and the protection of their world. And yet Micah, inspired by God preach these words and they're recorded for us today about what God really wants from us and it's important that we understand that so that as we live our lives we're inspired to know that we're fulfilling God's purpose for our life obviously being in church is a really important part of it acts of worship tithing I know you guys are being generous in the local community which is absolutely awesome but Jesus said to people in his day Michael was saying to the people in in Micah's day and God is saying us today, Christianity is more than just doing acts. It's what takes place in the heart. It's what takes place internally and how that motivates us to live our lives that really matters to God. So I want to, three things he talked about, only three things we need to do that God says I'm really, really interested in, three ways to please God. The first one he says in that scripture in uh, Micah 8 The first one he said was to act justly. So what does it mean to act justly? Well, doesn't it mean just to do the right thing? God asks us to do the right thing. Well, it does, but it also means more than that. When Michael was talking about it, when you look at the word, it's it's a verb. It means to actively pursue fair treatment and opportunity for everyone. It's more than just a feeling, oh, I want justice for this person or that person or these people. It means to actively pursue it, to be on the front foot, to make sure that those who don't have justice receive justice. People on the fringes, especially those without money, without position and without power, because they're the ones that mainly suffer from injustice in Micah's day, they were neglecting the weak and the marginalized and the powerless, which in the Bible is often um, referred to as the widows, the orphans and the refugees. So they, it's not that they were mistreating them. They weren't mistreating them. They were just ignoring them, which in God's eyes is as bad as mistreating. When people are falling through the economic cracks in a time of prosperity... And no one cares, no one is there to look after them, no one is there to help them or empower them because of circumstances they're left behind. God says, that's not good enough. And for us as a church, it's important that we are on the front foot and we are looking to help those that are not receiving justice. And oftentimes it's just not getting the opportunities because of circumstances that we get. And when it comes to WorldShare and what I'm involved in now, our whole mission is to reach those who are the most marginalised, the poorest, the most vulnerable, often children and women in these communities and to bring justice through education, through uh, medical support because oftentimes they can't afford it and so they don't get it um, and through the preaching of the gospel that's what we do so acting justly so God's saying to us as he said through Micah in his day it's not enough just to look after ourselves it's not enough to just meet the needs of those that we love that we as the church God has called us to look beyond to look to the edges to the fringes and to help those who are getting left behind uh I just I want to show you this slide just to give a bit of context to what's going on in the world and it's very easy to be overwhelmed by these numbers but if you have a look at this slide here out of the 2.2 billion children in the world under the age of 12 one billion of them live in poverty you say well, what's poverty poverty is living on less than two dollars fifty a day which is what they consider survival so half the children in the world are living in those kind of circumstances. One in three, 640 million children live without adequate shelter. In other words, they're often living outside, they don't have a home, they're looking for it. One in five, 400 million children live without access to safe water. One in seven, 270 million children live with no access to health services. These are profound numbers, aren't they? In fact, when I first started seeing them and understanding them, they're shocking numbers. And uh, I believe that as the church, God calls us to minister to these areas, to bring justice, to bring opportunity, to bring needs to these people who are left behind. Uh, so I said WorldShare, at WorldShare, we partner with our supporters to actively work to create an environment where some of the poorest people in the world are able to receive financial assistance or security. We do... Um, like microfinance as well He helped them get out of um, being dependent on uh, people in the community which can take advantage of them whether it's through um, not paying them for their labour or, or slave uh, sl- um, indentured slavery all these things that go on um, helping them financially bringing food and water um, bringing as I said education and bringing uh, medical help the next slide, just a few more stats for you. You may not be able to read those Those online, I'm not sure if you can see them as well, but out of the seven billion people on the earth, nearly half live on $2.50 a day or less. Nearly half the world's population are at a subsistence level, surviving day to day, just enough to survive. And a quarter of the people on the, pop- on the planet don't have enough, elect- or don't have electricity. That's one in every four people live in an environment where there's no, electros- no electricity. My boys start screaming when the internet goes down. <laughs> I don't know about you, the internet goes down and we're jumping up and down and yet it's always important that we put things in context. Now it is relative as well and I know we live in, in this place and I, don't, uh, I think if, a, if you're paying for a particular service they should be providing that service but it's also really important to take a step back and look at the grand scheme of things and what's going on around the world so that we don't live within a bubble. Um, so, act justly. One of the other reasons that I'm really conscious of uh, bringing justice to the world is uh, our youngest son, when he was born, I was born with what's called in the third or the developing world as clubfoot. Does anyone know what clubfoot is? So he was born and his foot was turned completely around and facing back the other way. And in a developing country, in a country like Cambodia or DRC or Uganda or India, if he was born into a poor family, he would be a cripple his entire life. But because we live in Australia, because we have the medical system that we have here, and because we have the trained physicians, over a four-year period, and it was a very painful four-year period, and after a number of operations, which were very painful operations, today as a 16-year-old, you would not even know that he was born that way. Uh, he has a smaller calf on one foot, which is one of the signs that someone was born with, they call it talipes, uh, but it's better known as club foot. And uh, I remember as a pastor, um, and, and praying obviously for our son and, and receiving the medical Um, treatment that he received and, and seeing him now I'm very conscious of the fact that the only reason he is able to live the life that he lives right now is because he was born in Australia and that's why I'm so passionate about allowing the opportunities that we get in this world just because we just happen to be born here in Australia to the places where people just happen to be born, not by choice they just happen to be there and because they're there they don't get the opportunities that we have. I am, I, am, I am driven, it's one of the reasons I'm with WorldShare, that we can share, the, share this message, obviously, share God's heart for these people as much as he has for our people and to inspire people like you and I to make a difference so that people can receive education, medical treatment, things that I believe should be available to every person on the planet, not just people that live in a particular place on the planet uh so act justly the second one not only act justly but love mercy uh, someone once said that we're most being like god when we're showing mercy when we're loving mercy what's mercy uh, the it's like the great uh, you've heard of the greek word agape which is the god kind of love um well the word for mercy in the bible said it's similar to agape in the sense of it's it's not a feeling mercy's not a feeling like sympathy. Mercy is a verb. So agape, love, and mercy is an action. And so when it says that God, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that was an act of mercy. He had a heart towards us and sent his son. It would not have been mercy if he did nothing about it. If he just said, oh, I have such a heart for those people, and then just sat back, but I don't know, there's nothing I can do. Mercy is seeing a need, seeing a situation where God stirs us or calls us or, or challenges us and then taking steps to l- relieve the issue or the problem or the situation for the person that we're feeling mercy towards. Uh, and that's, that was how mercy was demonstrated by God. He sent his only son into the world that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting Life Christianity is not a spectator sport to to fulfill the scriptures that God asks us to do we've actually got to do something we can't just sit back and watch it happen we're called to get out of the stands and get on the field and live our lives to bring change and transformation and and the hope of the gospel into people's worlds that's why we're here that's why we gather to be inspired and challenged, and stirred, and worshipped, and then go out of the church into our communities and and into our areas and the areas that God calls us to and inspires us to, and to bring the message of hope and acts of mercy. Um, and I've heard people say from time to time, and look, it's a valid argument. Well. And I know you guys are involved here and I think it's important. You know, I feel that you know, we're called to our local community, um, serving our local community and the people that are in our community because we want to meet their needs and that is an important part of a church's ministry. Um, and I hear people time, say from time to time, well, I feel more connected to the community. I don't really have a connection to the people overseas you know, in these countries. I don't really know much about them. And, uh, and it is a valid argument But I also feel that we have a responsibility to these countries because a lot of the products that we get to buy very cheaply in our markets and in our shops here today come off the back of the labour of these poorer communities. Our mobile phones here. You may or may not know that the battery that runs our mobile phones, one of the key ingredients one of the key metals that that they make the batteries out of is a, is a substance called cobalt has anyone heard of cobalt 70% of the world's cobalt co- cobalt is dug out of the ground in the DRC and yet the DRC is still one of the poorest countries in the world because very little of the money goes to the people many of the multinationals that make the phones do not pay the kind of Wages and many of the, many of the mines are, are mined by children in the DRC, where they just work to survive because they need their $2.50. And so, yes, I understand that we don't really know these and I'm showing you a couple of faces to, just to see that these are real people, that it's very easy to just, you know, think that the I don't really have a connection to any of these people but the, the goods that we use, Many of the clothes are made out of India and places like that, on very, very cheap labour. Um, And so I I feel like we have a responsibility to give back to these communities, whether it be education, whether it be through um, support, um, whether it be through medical um, treatment and and empowering them to improve their lives. We do have a connection to them. Shabani, the one I showed you, uh, if we show the next slide, so Shabani, he survived the attack, fortunately, but he was left with one arm melted to his body and the, and the back of his head uh, also melted. He had a, a sore which wouldn't heal and he lived in constant pain. One day a doctor was travelling uh, through the area, saw Shabani and asked his grandmother why she didn't take him to hospital to get proper treatment. She said, I can't afford it. We can't afford treatment. So therefore, he would need to live the rest of his life with his arm melted to his body and a a pussy sore on the back of his head. And then the doctor said, why don't you take him to Heal Africa? Heal Africa have a fund called Mercy, provided for by Christians in Australia and other countries that will cover the cost of the operation because you can't afford it. She could not believe it. She said, why would they do that? They don't know me. And the doctor who worked at Heal Africa and was a Christian said, they do it because their God's a God of mercy. Life transforms. Shabani was able to go. If we can see the next slide. He had his operation done. It cost them nothing. It was paid for by supporters of WorldShare supporters who gave towards this particular fund and other supporters of the Heal Africa ministry there. And if we look at some of the other slides, and the next one, even though he still has the scars on his face, that's when he first got out of hospital, Shabani is able to live a normal life again because of the generosity of people that gave to this particular fund. The other guy that I mentioned at the start, Serge, have we got that picture? So Serge, one day, he's living with a bunch of other orphans, Stealing from people, robbing people for survival. One day, this is in his own words, he gives a testimony. Uh, you can see the video, it's on, it's on YouTube if you want to have a look. But one, he says this, this is his, One day a friend in the gang brought me to Heal Africa's chapel as they used to share tea and bread after the church service. So he didn't go to hear the gospel. He came to get a cup of tea and a piece of bread because he had no food. Thanks to the chaplains who mentored us spiritually, I began to attend church and in time I decided to, put, uh, to give my life to Jesus Christ. They showed me how good Jesus is and how he takes care of the orphans and the vulnerable children. It is thanks to them that I have come to know Jesus and recovered my hope. And thanks to the Umushu, uh, the, the Umushu project, which is one of the projects, again, that WorldShare supports, Surge went to school, got an education, and this year received a state diploma so that he can attend university. He's actually going to university to become a doctor. What a transformation. Just two examples of how we can transform people's lives by getting involved, by giving back, by doing what we can to make a difference in people's lives. In a minute I'm going to show a video I'm just going to finish up taking enough of your time and I really appreciate your attention. Um, but if you want to be part of the solution, as I said, I've, I've got some stuff that you can have a look at. You know it costs $1.63 a day to give a child an education in a developing country. I've got lots of friends whose kids go to private schools. It costs a lot more than $1.63 a day, I can tell you that much. Um, for $1. sixty-three a day, you can transform a child's life, you can break the cycle of poverty, you can set them free and their family for it and, their, and their project going on forever. $1. sixty-three a day, it works out at uh, about $50 a month or $588 a year. Um, we have a community of about 4,000 Christians across Australia that are giving generously to change lives, people like Serge. People like Shabani and I could rattle off hundreds and hundreds of other stories and anyone that's familiar with WorldShare and, and gets our updates and our newsletters and, and our videos um, can see that it's transforming lives. And uh, it may not be for you, maybe it is. And that's why I just ask that today, you just ask God, um, is this something you want me to be involved in? There are many things that we can be involved in. I think oftentimes there's so many things we think, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, but I want to encourage you to do something. And maybe WorldShare is the thing that you go, you know what, I can change a person's life like Serge so that he can get an education, break out of the situation that he's in, or like Shabani so that he can get, an, he can get the, the uh, medical treatment that he needs to set his life right again. And it is also an incredible testimony to the community about the gospel and that people who would have no real connection don't really know this person would want to make a difference in their life it gives heal africa the opportunity to preach the gospel about the love of god about the mercy of god and about his desire for justice in people's lives so i'm just going to show a video like i said i've got some stuff for you if you want to find out more information Uh, for those online there's a bank account detail there if you want to give a donation if you want to give an offering uh, if you want more information, you can go to the website as well, which is worldshare.org.au. Uh, you can sponsor children through there. You can see the other programs that we're involved in. I've only spoken about one country that we're involved in. There is so much going on in the world. There's so many opportunities for us to be involved as Christians and to do something where we are making a difference. And I want to encourage you to, whatever it is, to, uh, to get involved, to utilise your time, your effort, your, the finances that you have, to preach the gospel, to change lives and to let the light shine in this world. It's definitely getting darker. Everybody knows it. Everyone can see it. But as it gets darker, the light shines brighter and we have that opportunity to shine the light of Jesus' love in the world so that people can be drawn to him. So uh, I'm just going to pray and we'll show this video. Father, we just thank you for your presence. We're so grateful, Lord, for all that you do. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you to show your love, to change people's lives, to see their faces as their circumstances change, as you intervene through us in their world, that you change not just their life here on, the wor- on, this, on this side, um, but in eternity also. And we're so grateful for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.